Welcome to Saving You is Killing Me, Loving Someone with an Addiction podcast. Loving someone with an addiction is a life of chaos. This podcast is to help you take back your power and build strength, hope, and restore peace in your life. We use the science and art of positive psychology, professionals in their field, along with personal stories of hope, resilience, and strength. We hope you can discover how the courage to focus on you can help put your life back together. When you are in a place of exhaustion, hopelessness, and emptiness, we are a community that knows all too well the turmoil that comes from loving someone with an addiction. We are here to help you compassionately struggle well. Hey there, Andrea Seidel here. I'm the author of Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. And I always say, I'm so happy that you're here, although I do wish we were meeting under different circumstances. I have such a special guest for you on the show today. Now, you are going to just love all the information. I could not not have her on the show. I met her actually in a women's group and uh, she is just a wealth of knowledge and she's going to help us with so many things. So oftentimes when you love someone with an addiction, what sometimes keeps us stuck in the cycle of abuse or keeps us stuck in a relationship is this idea that we have fear of maybe not having enough money financially, or we have some blocks around that. And so sometimes we stay in relationships a little longer perhaps than we should. And, or maybe we're just kind of trying to figure out, oh my gosh, like we have some weird energy around money. So today we are going to talk all about this idea of permission to be rich. And you heard me right. We're pumping our arms here. I have the author of the book, Permission to be Rich. Um, This is such a wonderful book and she is on the show. So she's going to talk everything to do with money and energy of money. And she is a money expert and she loves to support women as they, you know, turn their money pain into purpose. Kind of like I turn my pain of loving someone with an addiction into purpose. So welcome to the show, Tonya. Yay. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. I'm so excited and I love talking about this topic and all that it has to do. So yeah, I'm super pumped to be here. Yay. Okay. So you have to tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So again, my name is Tonya and um, yeah, it's been weird how I got into doing stuff with money and like just Mm -hmm. considering myself a money expert because I would have never thought that that would be my path. Although when I started writing my book, I started to realize that I had a lifelong love relationship with money where it was always like something I loved and adored. I'm like, this kind of makes sense that I I love money. And I wrote a book about this and I just started doing it because like, it's such, um, it's such a fun topic. I've always really had a good relationship with it where I've used it as a tool in my life. And I've always known that it's a tool versus this power thing. That's a struggle. And so as I worked with my clients over the years, I just started to see that there was so much more than just the logical aspect of money and like the organizational part of it and everything else. And, um, just started to bring in like the positive of it. If you want to call it positive psychology or the, like what I call the magical side of it and, you know, the meditation and the woo woo part and just bringing those two parts together really had me create um, a system that I teach now with money. And it's what I call like the logical, the magical, masculine, the feminine, money's a relationship. And when you bring them together and you unite these two sides, you have harmony with money. And like out in the world, there's not much of that that you see. And so my mission really is to go out and just tell people that you can master this. It's just a tool. And that when you do, it just becomes something that supports you. And that it's an expression of love. It's an expression of gratitude. And so, you know, that's my mission of what it is that I'm doing. And yeah, I kind of realized like early on that I was like, my favorite toy was a cash register. I can, I can hear the little ching. And it was the ching. And then I realized, oh, but it was the first home of money. And like my first job at 16 was in a bank. And like, I've always just had this you know, I, I was in a recital when I was like six years old and they had the song like Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. And I just loved that I had all of this stuff around me. So just connecting the dots of realizing like when we we're younger, it was easy to just play with it. Right. And to just have it be this wondrous, magical thing. And, you know, as you get older, it's your rent. It's it's the things that hold you back. And so um, 
you know, it made me really want to start changing. Also, the way the world views it is scarcity. And um, it's creating a lot of problems out there. And so for me, it's more of like, connect to your joy. You could do it with money. Don't let that be the reason why you're not doing the things that you want, because money is not really the thing that's stopping you. Once you know how to use it as the tool that it is. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so much that I want to unpack there. First of all, I love this idea that you, you just followed your passion along with everything to do with money. And you said, yep, this is where I want to be. This is where my passion lies. And so I just want to celebrate that fact, but also this idea and this that kind of like looking at money through the lens of play and joy, like, is that even possible for, you know, like when you're feeling like, I don't know if I'm going, where I'm going to get rent from. I don't know. Like when I was in my first marriage, I remember my husband saying to me, you know, Andrea, who's going to pay the rent, the universe. Um, yes. <laughs> so condescendingly. And I'm like, actually, yes, it is yeah. going to pay the rent. Yeah. And it's amazing how, um, I was so fearful. Actually, I stayed in that marriage probably a lot longer than I should have, because I was so fearful to get out and worried about the money. And it kind of held me there a little bit longer until it didn't. And then I was just kind of like, and then if I were to look back in hindsight, it's like, you know what, it's amazing how you can find ways to make things work and how it always seems to work out. Um, and so, yeah, like I was able to keep the matrimonial house. I was able to, um, yeah, like I, I did have to shop at secondhand stores there for a little while. I did have to like, you know, support my children in different ways. I made barter systems with the grocery store. Like, but -hmm. it's amazing how, when we see it from that energy of resourcefulness and from that energy of play and joy, um, I just, I'm so excited to talk about that, but let's first go into kind of that scarcity mindset or that stressful mindset, especially when you love someone with an addiction and maybe you're in a relationship where you're wondering, should I stay or should I go? And maybe it's that financial peace that's making you fearful and worried and nervous. And, and, and let's face it, sometimes we are tight and sometimes it, it is a stretch, you know, yep. to, to break free. So, so let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. And, and just even saying that that feeling is real. Like that stress is real. That fear is real. So everything went in that situation of like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And knowing that maybe someone else is paying for things or you don't have the income at this point to do all of that. So the first just baseline of that, I would say there's like several things I want to just hit on. But the first thing is, it's like starting to remove the fear, right? So Money is this energetic thing. And if you don't even want to think about it as energy, it's it's not even that. It's like like attracts like. So if you are putting out fear when it comes to money, then when money is responding back, it's coming from fear or what I like to call scarcity, right? Which means there's just going to be less. If you're giving out a vibe of desperation, then desperation is going to come back. So the first thing that we want to do is to start thinking about all the positive things we could create, right? Instead of being fearful, oh my God, how am I going to pay the rent, right? Like you said, oh, I'm going to have to go to secondhand stores or I'm going to, how am I going to pay for the clothes? How It's interesting that how when we ask the question, we want to solve the problem, our brain will give us answers. So if we keep focusing on what's wrong versus asking for the solution, then mm. we're just going to get more of the problem. So the first thing you want to do is start changing it into start asking for the answers. Ooh. Can you Which, give us an example? Yeah. So how am I going to leave this relationship? How am I going to pay the rent? Okay. We don't know how, right? You want to first turn it into, and I know even Karen has taught this, but this is the what if game as well. Like, well, what if I can't pay my rent? Great. So what are the things that you need to know to pay rent? Know what that number is, right? So I think clarity is a big piece. So this is where the magical and the logical come together. Know what your number is, right? Clarity, the universe responds to clarity. So when we are asking for what we want, we need to know what that is. So I love that that. because honestly, sometimes we think that we need so much more than we actually need. And it's like, we overestimate. So it makes us stay in that fear a little bit more. Like I like, and actually it's so funny because like money comes to you from different places too. Sometimes that you least expect that it's like, oh, I didn't know I could get funding from that as a single mother or, oh, I didn't know that my government supported me that way. Or like, oh, I didn't know that there was actually grants for that. Like there's when, when you're in it, you can actually find it. It's so amazing. Yeah. Money responds. And that's when I say that's that like attracts like kind of thing. So really like it is getting from fear to more of a 
positive state around it just because you'll get the answers. But the way to do that is to gain clarity around your numbers. So okay. know what it is that you need to live. So if it's like step one, know your numbers clarity. And I love that you mix this idea of magical and logical. That's where harmony comes in. That's where the joy, that's the joy sweet spot. <laughs> Yay. Okay. So first step clarity. Yeah, definitely clarity. Know what your numbers are, know what you like, and it gets further broken down of like, when it comes to your expenses, I say you have your needs, your wants, and your fun. Right. If you're trying to leave a situation, just know what your needs are. Right. Because you just need to get your needs met because that other person isn't giving it to you. You just need to get out. So how much money do you need for rent? How much money do you need for food? Uh, how much money would you need if you are, you know, your electric or utilities? Right. Just the bare minimum of what would you need to be living on your own and make it a concrete number? Yes. And then prepare for it. Yes. And then you could start now asking the universe for the things or of yourself. You could start playing the game. Okay. How can I make $2,000 a month? What are the different things that I like to do? What are the different ways I could call in this money? So you could tell the difference right now in, if you even said these things in body language, right? Before you were being a victim. Oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to do this. How am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to play the electric? How I don't even know what I'm going to do. Instead, it's like, okay. I need $2,000 to live and to get out of this relationship. What ways can I do that? And it's it's from an empowering place now versus being a victim. Yes, I love that. Okay, so the other thing I have to share, it's it, uh, so I ended up starting to pay for my addicted loved one's truck because he no longer could pay for his truck when now we know why. And like, you know, and so anyway, so when he actually finally left, I actually had more money. He was actually stealing from me and he was, and I was paying for his truck. I was paying for his diesel. I was like, what? So it actually was so incredible that like, that was a surprising place that I didn't even realize like, whoa, like that money started coming in when he, when he was no longer in my life. And I was looking at my budget and I was looking at everything. Okay. This is how much it costs to carry this home. This is how much I'm making right now. It's like, and then it was like, wait a second, I don't have all this money going, suddenly going missing, bingo. And then I'm also not paying his truck. So then suddenly it's like, so sometimes the addicted loved one in our life is actually, and, it, and that's not to mention all the people that are in love with a gambling addiction, someone with a gambling addiction, right? Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so sometimes you we'd be surprised at, you know, where where money might've been draining out before, um, yes. where we can recoup that. It's, I always yeah. say it's like, it's like um, pl plugging a hole in an empty, like a sinking ship. <laughs> yep, that's exactly it. And I love that you brought up that point because it, it is that, that's why the clarity piece is so great. Because once we start to get around, oh, this is what we need to leave. Certain things with money that we realized we thought we wanted, when you're happy, you don't, want it anymore. And I don't mean that you don't want for things and want for nice things and clothes, but right now the need is to leave the relationship because this person is sucking the life out of you. Like when I've dealt and worked with women clients who are leaving a relationship in a divorce, whatever the reasoning was, it always was like, how am I going to do this? And as I went over their expenses and looked things over, one, like you said, some expenses they don't even incur anymore because they were that of the other person. And then the other thing is sometimes you're just spending more or you're willing to just also then cut back because you're happy that you're just out of that relationship. Yeah. So even like shopping secondhand in the beginning, if that's what you need to do, it actually feels empowering because you did it and you did it for yourself. So it's also recognizing like the lens changes when you're out. And then this is also for people who are maybe in the muck of loving someone with an addiction and they're not yet out. Um, our conversation also can really be empowering, right? Even if they're deciding to stay or whatever it is, is this idea of getting a good handle on your finances individually. Can we speak to that a little bit too? Because my mom always taught me, Andrea, have your own bank accounts. <laughs> always, yeah. always. Can we speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So if I got it right, just in general, when in a relationship or if you still are, how to handle the finances, is that? Yeah, I just more mean like, um, even if you're not sure whether you're going to stay or go in this, uh, when you're loving someone with an addiction, you're in that relationship. It's almost like you can 
not that you're preparing to leave, but you can get a better handle on your finances, I believe. And, you know, I started really looking at, um, you know, my bank account and what was possible for me. I kind of, I was mentally preparing for, because I knew it was going downhill. I knew it was a downward spiral. I knew I was not uh, no longer happy in this relationship. And it was actually getting unsafe for my children as well. So I started, I uh, call it damage control, really looking at my finances, making sure he couldn't access my bank accounts and protecting my visas and my, my hid my wallet, my purse every single, you know, night. Uh, um, so I think that, I think like we can speak to that if they're all, if they're still in the relationship. Oh, too. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, in any relationship, this is just advice that I give. Like everyone should have their own, should have your own bank account, should have your own savings account, should have your own credit card. And when you're in the relationship, and so should the other partner, Mm -hmm. right? And then there should be the joint kitty, right? For the joint expenses. So what uh, I always say, like everyone's an entity, right? So if you had a circle, your circle, their circle, and then the overlap is the joint account, right? And so that's just the structure I set up for any relationship, right? So now if you are recognizing that you need to become familiar with the finances, so I'm even going to take it a step back too. If you're someone who doesn't even know what the finances are, you could even ask for the bank accounts and things like that. But sometimes maybe they won't give them to you. But what you start doing for yourself, open up your own bank account. First thing, your own bank account outside of this person, outside of anything else. Even if you're like, oh my God, I don't have banks nearby. I can't do that. You could open up an online bank. You don't even have to leave your house to open up a bank account that they don't even need to know about because Ally Bank, uh, Capital 1360, there's plenty and there's so much more online banks. So you could just go online right now. Like as, as you listen to this podcast, I'd be like, oh, put up my own bank account <laughs> and your own savings accounts. What I love about the online banks, they don't charge you a minimum. They don't charge you as many fees. You could have the credit cards, the uh, bank statements emailed to you. So you could even set up a separate email that your partner doesn't have access to. So they don't even know that this is going on. And if it, they do have access to all your credit cards, remove them from them. Take their name off of it if they are incurring debt for you on there, or even start trying to remove your name off of these things and open up one with your own name. So that at least there you're starting to financially have. And if you can't deposit the money, have a little envelope. Everyone, you know, everyone's mom's always said like every woman should have cash on hand or a little, you know, emergency side money that's just sitting there. So just really having yourself set up with those things are a huge thing that will allow you to make the jump if you need to pay, right, your first month's rent or whatever it is. And just if you're thinking of doing it, setting yourself up to win in that situation. Yeah, no matter what your income level is, right? And um, even if your income level is high and people are listening to this and they have their own bank accounts, right? And then you, you know, but maybe their their homes, their the cost of their homes are higher. And like, you know, so it's, it's, it's just, I love this first step of getting clarity of where you're at and then setting yourself up, whether you're staying or going, um, just taking good care of yourself. And I always say, put yourself first and yep. take back your power and just like, you know, um, take back your ownership of your life. And I think this is one of the amazing, steps to do that. Yeah. And even if, like you said, your expenses are high and if you were to leave, it would be on your responsibility. Like it still comes back to like, this is where it's like the amount doesn't matter. Right. Like it's like, remove that. Just do the step of like, what's your number then know what your number is. And then also start saving for yourself, start putting money to the side for yourself. And it doesn't matter the amount. It really starts about creating the habit and giving to yourself. Because usually that's the hardest thing to do is to just say, I'm worth it. I'm worth the money that I'm making. I'm worth finding money to put to the side, whatever it is. Like I am worthy of this money and I am worthy of me taking this action and doing it without feeling completely guilty of doing it. And like you're doing something wrong. So it's a huge and it doesn't matter the amount. It's just about taking that action step. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So now what? So we've set up our bank accounts. We're getting clear on what it is. Um, What other tips do you have for us? So I would start saying now, this is where you want to start visualizing what it is that you want to start creating, right? Because you have the clarity, you have everything else. Like, you know, what action steps to take, maybe looking for jobs. Like, I feel like we know how to do all of that. But part of this is like really putting yourself into like a positive state. 
And so what could come up? So this is just a tool I use. I call it a money story. We all have a money story that runs in the background. We're unaware of it because who talks about this? We inherit it from our parents, where we grew up, uh, who are even like our partner. And, it, and it's just what we realize is our words create our reality. And so as you're starting to do things, start to recognize your language around things. So when you're looking for finding money, oh my God, I can't find anything. Oh my God, nothing is, is working. Oh my God, this. Or if it's in a negative spin. Money doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> right. And then that's the other shit. And I'm like, actually it does because it's printed paper and paper comes from trees. <laughs> so technically Perfect. it does. If you really break down the logical of how you get money, it kind of does. Especially when it comes to money, all of this, all everything is right. Money is the root of all evil. Mm. Well, people turn bad when they get money. Money, you know, it's just all of that stuff. And so really it's about coming from a place of recognizing, like, and I say it, I think money is an expression of love and gratitude. So also when you're giving it out, it's a way for us to say thank you. Okay, we need to talk about this because that shifts the lens on a whole new level because sometimes it's hard to, so when we think we're get, put, get putting money out, putting money out, it can really move us into scarcity. But what you're saying is think about money as like saying thank you for the product you're giving me or mm-hmm. thank you for the service that you're giving me or thank you for all this amazing food that I'm about to buy and eat with my family. It's like changing the lens from scarcity to more abundance, right? Yep. And that's the name of the game, right? Because when you walk out your door, the world unfortunately supports a mindset of scarcity, you turn on the news, that's what exists. So what I would say with also is choosing yourself first is like protecting your mindset of abundance, like a ninja, right? And that's, and it's a daily practice. You know, I still have to do it. I've been doing this stuff for years. I still get into my ruts, but like, I know in the morning there are things to do to exercise my mind, to stay in a place of abundance, right? And an easy way to do it is like, what a beautiful ritual and practice if everyone out there was just like every time money was exchanged, like, oh, here you go. Thank you for my coffee. Thank you for the roof over my head when we pay our rent or our mortgage. Like, thank you for our electricity. Like, it just changes everything versus, oh, my God, I can't believe it's that amount of money. I can't. My air conditioner was running. How's my electric this high? Instead, it's like, thank you for oh. keeping me cool on that hot, hot day. Like, I will give you that check gladly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that mindset and that shift. And it's like, I am not my new word. I I often say it's like worth every penny. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Worth every penny. And then it goes back to that level of energy or the exchange, right? So money is a relationship. It's an energy. It's an exchange. So when you give with gratitude, it's a higher vibration. So you're already starting to upgrade where you're giving from. So money starts to respond. Money loves to come into your life. Money loves to play. Money loves joy. So when we start giving, that's when you start to hear the magical ways money comes in. Like you hear from people like, oh my God, I got a check in the mail out of nowhere. And sometimes I know people like, how the hell do I get to that place? Start giving from gratitude. Start, you know, start, start your story off that money is good, right? If your relationship with money is bad, it's not going to want to play with you. The bad money is going to want to play with you. If you want to, I don't even think good or bad is it, but whatever the story it is that you're creating, that's what's going to respond back. So really starting to turn, turn it on its head. Okay. So a couple of things. So you said money is an expression of love and gratitude. Okay. So that's good. I love it. That's a huge shift. And that moves us from a place of, and that's what you're saying that when we spend, when we pay a bill, thank you for that umbrage gas bill, or thank you for my phone bill, even though it's huge. Thank you so much. Cause I love my phone. I love going on to using it for business. I love talking to my friends on it. It's like, it's almost like moving to that place of like, when we pay out, it's like, it's, it's, we're paying for service that we're grateful for and like money well spent. Then you also said, I love the way you put it. You said, protect your mindset, your money mindset, like a ninja. So can you teach us how to do that? Give us some examples. Absolutely. So I'm actually, if you don't like, I have a meditation that I do with people that I can actually lead you through because it's like one to two minutes and you could just listen to that helps. Another way of just doing it that is just, like I said, guard your language. Guard your language. It's because, right, everything is about what we can control right? It's the serenity prayer and all of that. Like we can't control what other people say about it, but we can control if someone's having a negative conversation about money, 
we don't have to gossip and participate, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to join into it. And also, we don't have to have those negative conversations with it. So when we find ourselves talking bad about money or coming from a place of scarcity, switch your language. Okay. And that's super important to do. So now for someone who might be really struggling financially right now and just like really, you know, not in a good place or just not like, where do you start with that? Okay. So you just said it, I'm struggling with money, right? Just switch it is like money is safe with me. Hmm. That's it. Like simple, simple, simple stuff. So almost like catching your normal language and then flipping it. Yes. Okay. And that's, and that's like a one simple thing to do. If you wake up, oh my God, this is it's so hard for me to make money. Just be like, okay, it's, it's an EVZ might even be too far-fetched, right? But just as like, you know, money comes to me or you just start taking it little step-by-step step and starting to change it and going from there. And another big thing, so like language and the way you use your words, super important. So trying to find yourself when you're doing it, flip the negative into a positive And the other thing with like protecting your mindset as a ninja is training yourself to start to see all the beauty and abundance in the world, right? It's it's easy to stay in scarcity and to put on the news and hear about inflation. And I'm not knocking all these things. I know that these are really true, right? But what we focus on just grows. So what we want to do is stop looking at all that doesn't exist. And we want to focus on all that does because there is that, right? So when you walk outside, feel the sun on your face, right? Right there, sun is giving us the energy we need in order to live, right? We could say, oh, I don't have money to buy vitamins. We'll get it from the sun because it's already given it to you for free, right? You walk outside, you see the trees. They are giving us the oxygen we need to live to live as we are giving them what they need to live. Like there's so much beauty surrounding us that we walk by every day because it's free and free doesn't hold any value in our society. Oh my gosh. So you're, that is such a wonderful, like, and I love what you say, what you focus on grows. And, um, and it's almost like in the positive psychology world, it's like uh, neurons that fire together, wire together. So the more we keep saying things, we're creating neurological pathways that create belief. And then we have what's called a confirmation bias. So everything in the world starts to confirm what we're thinking and saying constantly inside our head. So it's not woo woo. It's actual science that this is like, you know, so this idea of focus on what we focus on grows. I love this. And then I also love, and we always do those exercises in positive psychology is what if in the positive, right? So if we're like saying like, what if I don't have enough money or what if I can't make rent? It's like, what if you have enough money? What if you have ample amount of money? Like what if, what if your life gets so your life just, you have so much energy and what if you got a new job? And what if, because you are no longer with this person in your life, you're able to meet all kinds of new people and positions and you know you could just go down that what if in the positive um yes I love that so all of that is really in like the abundance and protecting that I think is what it is is like when you go out sorry are you complaining about the traffic or are you grateful that you are sitting in something that's taking you somewhere so I mean like that's where we do have control over our thoughts and what we think and focusing it on the abundance versus the scarcity and I'm not saying to like be overly positive and not acknowledge the sadness and joy when we're going through it. However, I think that there's a little bit too much of a focus on all that the focus is to be on what exists versus all that doesn't. And that's really what it is. And that's why like I could, I have this money meditation that just has you just get into how simple it is to just drop into that. So let's do it. Let's love to do it. Right with you. That's just like, Yay. so for anyone's like, how the hell do I do that? As I am a logical, crazy person and love steps this is a great tool to use to drop into positivity, abundance when you feel like everything is spinning out. So now if anyone is driving their car, obviously keeping your eyes open. <laughs> yeah, keep your eyes open and you can just rewind and go back. And like at the end, like these are all tools that I share for free on my website. So you're not missing out on anything. So just, if you can just do it with your eyes open. Like it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so for those of you who can, Just um, close your eyes and just allow yourself to just get comfortable and into the space that you're in. And I want you to start rubbing your hands together. And I want you to feel the friction and the heat generating between them. Recognize that this heat is energy and that you are creating it. 
with your eyes still closed, if you can, and if you could place your hands over your heart, please do. And now I want you to inhale and exhale deeply three times, breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. And when you're breathing in, breathe in all that you desire. And as you breathe out, release all that no longer serves you. continue with this breath and take notice of it and take notice of the flow of it. As you give breath from your body, you are making room for the next breath to enter in, allowing the flow of energy to surge through you. It's a constant flow of giving and receiving. And as we give, we make room to receive. And as we receive, we fill ourselves up to give from overflow. Now continue with this flow of breath and repeat silently to yourself, money flows to me as easily as my breath. As I give with joy, I receive back with joy. I am in the flow of life. And with your hands on your heart, affirm, money is an expression of love and a way to say thank you. You are grounded in abundance and anchored to the beautiful expression that money is. And whenever you're ready, open your eyes to enter the world into the state. Yay. I love mm. that. I hope that's in your book, I hope. <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. course it's it is, right? free resources that I give. And if you go on my website, it's the free resource on my website too. And so it's I will be putting everything, all the links in the show notes for everybody, of course. Yeah. Too. I'm a big give it, give it, give it out. Give it because <laughs> like it comes back. It's 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 there for everyone to utilize. Like I feel like I was a conduit for this information so that it could be shared and to really start spreading the positive message of money versus like, it's really not dirty. It's really not evil. It's really not, it just hasn't been taught properly. Mm, oh my gosh. Okay. So you said so many times money is a tool. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So um, money is just numbers. They're just numbers. It's just a tool. The way that you would use a thermometer to read the temperature, uh, it's 90 degrees. It's too hot. Let me lower the temperature. Oh, it's 40 degrees, it's cold, let me hire the temperature. If you start looking at your numbers that way, they are just information for you to realize that something is working or not working. It's just that simple. If you have income coming in and your expenses are a certain amount and it's higher than what the income is, you have two options, right? It gives you choice. You could either lower your expenses or you could call in more money to cover your expenses. So it when there's no judgment, when there's no guilt, when there's no shame, when there's no blame, it's just information to show you what to do next. But what really happens is, oh my God, I, my expenses are more than my income. I'm such an idiot. I'm doing such a terrible job. I'm so bad with money. I knew I was bad with money. I'm never going to be able to save. I suck at this. I'm terrible. You're like, no, there's none of that. It's just something needs Easily. to be done. That's it. Just remove the judgment, remove the guilt, remove the shame, remove that story right and it's like they're just there to tell you what to do next it's oh. just giving you an option right just like a thermometer is a thermometer is there to show you hot or cold your numbers are the same way and if you could just start looking at it that way that numbers are just there to give you information right like that clarity piece in the beginning you want to leave your partner know what your numbers are in order to do that right can't do that without it so starting to look at them is like they're actually a really good best friend to have. Like, okay, cool. I know what I need. Now you can ask for what you want. Now you can ask the universe for what it is or look for the job or ask for the money and sell things. There's so many ways to make money out there, but it is about like knowing your numbers empowers you to then make the choices. And that's why it's a tool. When we learn to use it that way. Amazing. You just explained that so well. I love it. Love it. Love it. So it's almost like moving from this um, place of feeling like a victim to a victor. It's like, I'm in charge. It's like, okay, this is money is telling me this. Do I need more? Do I need less? Do I need to adjust? And uh, just looking at it, and I love how you bring this idea of play and joy into it, and that money is you know, magical. Can you talk to us about how money is magical? Oh, God, absolutely. I mean, money is absolutely so magical because it responds to our joy. Like when we 
allow ourselves to be fully supported, like it does come in in random ways. I've had this happen to me where I, I forgot I was thinking about a certain amount of money I needed to do for a trip to India. And like, I'm like, okay, I always figure it out. It's going to come in. And then all of a sudden a check came in the mail for a house that I had in Pennsylvania. And that was like two and a half years ago that all of a sudden it came in and it was like, holy shit, like this is crazy how it happens. And what I love that money is even more magical is that Sometimes we also look at abundance as only money, but this is where the magic really comes in. Money is just one form of currency of it, right? We could also be like, hey, I need this amount of money for rent. And then all of a sudden someone's like, hey, I need to sublet my apartment for a couple of months and I need someone to capsit my place. And all of a sudden you're in a new apartment for three months, rent-free, just babysitting some cats. So it's oh. not always you know, in this way, we think of like this linear way, correct? Right? Like 2000 for yes. 2000. Instead, it's like, be open to the possibility of the magic of something you couldn't even create. So something even better, right? I'm always big on this something even better. And like something that, even better. Yes. Ask for it or something even better. Yes. Oh, I love that. And that's where the magic starts to come in where you're like, oh, you go to the grocery store and all of a sudden, like the person in front of you just paid for whatever your groceries or, you know, you're walking down the street and there's like a five dollar bill and the thing, little, little things that it starts to respond. And you're like, wow, this is magical because you didn't do anything more than you did before besides just start thinking about what are the ways that I can be supported around money. And then all of a sudden the evidence comes. And to me, that's magic. And you explained the science to it, which by the way, I was just loved that you put the science behind it, <laughs> but it's, it's amazing how that happens. And as you, act from a place of joy, little things like that happen because we don't need to go into it, but Abraham Hicks for anyone follows her, you know, and just to break it down, emotions carry a vibration, higher vibration, the higher emotions, what they call positive emotions, joy, love, gratitude, all carry a higher vibration, right? And then the lower ones, anger, sadness, and just all have a lower vibration. So as we focus more on joy, and like another thing I tell people to have is joy spots. Find things that create joy for you and make you happy instantly that are without money. Because the other thing is we give our power away to money because we think we can't have things because we need money for it. It's a lot of free things out there that we don't even see because we're so focused on the money. I have a rose right in front of me. Flowers, most beautiful things. I smell it. It makes me happy. It creates joy. All of a sudden I'm in a place of joy. And now I didn't do anything for it. I didn't have to hire a coach. I didn't have to go to this. I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to meditate. And not even against these things. But the point is like, are you using your energy to just create more of the good stuff? And so joy spots are like, when I'm in a bad mood, I go on swings. They're in the park. They're for free. Even flowers, right? Let's even take it down to like, you could just go outside and find it outside. So there's a lot around this that does that. So I would ask you too, because sometimes when we're in a space of scarcity and when we're in that place that happens often of like sadness or the, the, your partner just did something and you're feeling really down, have a list of your joy spots, places that create happiness. Because when we're in that scarcity space, sometimes we can forget what to do. We forget our power and it's okay. And that's quite normal. Even I do now. That's why I have these joy spots because all you need to remember is, oh my God, I have a list that flips me. And you just go to that list and you do that one thing and then you're right back on track again. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Joy spots. So yeah, I think mine would be like walking up the road with my dog and, or just even in the forest, going for a hike in the forest. Yeah. Or even being at home alone right? and cleaning up my house and making it organized feels so joyful to me. Exactly. So it's like, what things bring me joy? And it's something you could do for yourself immediately because so many of the times it's like, oh, I would love to go on a vacation. Oh, but I can't, I need money for that. And so instead, it's like, really, really, if you think about it, there's a lot of things that you could do to cultivate happiness and joy for yourself that are outside of the confines of money. I love that. And then just shifting your energy. So you brought up a couple of things. That I know I'm totally drilling you because I love all your information. You're you so do. I'm like, that is what I am here for. <laughs> Yay. So would you, so when you say you just ask for like, the, can you take us through that? Like asking, asking for it? Because I know sometimes... And I have a few clients as well, too, where they're doing really well financially. So they really don't need 
they're, they're comfortable, let's put it that way. Yeah. But they want it, but they would love to bring in more. So it's almost like they're like, but I think what's holding me back is this comfort. Like I'm actually comfort. So how does someone like that, like actually, do you actually ask the universe for it? And like, and then just see the magical ways it comes in. I should yeah. share a story. Actually, I, I wanted to take this course one time. It was so funny. And I was kind of ho-humming because it was kind of expensive. And I was like, hmm, I don't know if I want to spend my money on that. I'm not sure. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm just going to do it because I'm so excited about this course. I really want to do it. I signed up for it. I'm not kidding you. The next day in my mailbox, I had a check from my government that I had overpaid on my taxes for the exact same amount as the course. Can you you can't make that up. You can't make it up. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm meant to take this course. <laughs> so, so that example is exactly it. So, right. Even right, we're going off of bare necessity here, but if you are comfortable and just wanting to create more, right. The whole point is too, is to have from this place of overflow of not ever having to worry about money yeah. and all of that. So if you're comfortable with where you are now start to put in the number that you actually want, right? So you're making $5,000 a month, you want to make $10,000 a month. You're making $10,000 a month, you want to make 15. You're making 15, you want to make 30. You're someone who's a multiple six-figure person, you want to make a million, you need to be making like $100,000 a month, right? So to wherever you are, what is the amount that you want to start calling in and just start becoming obsessed with that number, right? And not in a bad way, but play with it, right? I so it's like- do that. So you just start imagining, you write down prompts, like what would my life be like if I was making $100,000 every month, $10,000 every month? What would that feel like? What would I be doing? How would I be spending my money? What things would I be enjoying? What would that, again, like what would that feel like? And as you're writing it down, feel those things because it's not about the amount of money. It's about creating the energetic space in your body for that money to come in and expanding our container for more because we do have energetic money minimums where it's like, oh, this is as comfortable. I mean, if anyone has read the big leap, it is that you expand and you reach a certain limit and the rubber band has to snap because you have to expand even larger what your rubber band is. So you're expanding what you want with money. And so you start doing that by playing with what you could do with it. Oh, what would this feel like? And just journal on it. If you're not a journaling person, imagine, talk to a friend about, oh, I mean, you know, how great would that be instead of calling up someone and being like, oh, yeah, here I go again, trying to find some money. And like, you know, so like, oh, wouldn't it be great? Like, what would they like to go to the spa? We just go and we pick up and we go and that's it. And just get a oh, massage. Oh my God, that would feel so good. And you just start doing that, right? Because it's like, allow the desire to start taking over for that. And that's how you really start to create more because it's that emotion that, that starts to attract that money to start coming in when the opportunities for that to start coming in. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. And it's playful. And you go into that place of joy and play. And, and mm -hmm. you know, even if you don't hit that, like, you know, if your goal is 10K or a hundred, actually, when you said a hundred K, I kind of like laughed inside. Like, <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's like what makes it beautiful. Because <laughs> you should do the things that make you actually laughable. Because it's when, because then when you take a step back, like, but why not? Other people in the world are doing it. Yeah. Why, why not you? you? Why not, why not you? you? Like, honestly, why not you? So like take the most outrageous number and like, this is the thing, you're allowing yourself to be limited on what you dream about. Like this costs nothing. Just dream, go there. Costs you nothing. <laughs> costs I you nothing. Love it. Now, I always believe money is freedom because, you know, when I was in the muck of things, it's like I could I could fly my son home when I needed him. I could fly to my son. I could, you know, I could feel comfortable with having my addicted loved one no longer in the house. So if the furnace broke down, I had money. Like, so this idea that money is freedom, is that a good mindset or does that, what yeah. do you think? Yeah, I do. I do. It absolutely is freedom. It's like I have the five steps that I teach. Freedom is one of them, right? So the stage of this is focus, foundation, freedom, flow, and fun. So freedom is a really big part of it, but freedom only gets created by the actions that you take. Ooh, so it's okay. not really money that creates the freedom. It's the actions that you take that create the freedom in your life, right? Because you wouldn't have created that freedom with your partner if you didn't leave, right? You wouldn't have 
created that freedom if you weren't calling in the work or doing the work that you needed to in order to, you know, have that income or whatever it is. And I know that the universe then comes into response, but at a certain point, we also have to meet it halfway, right? And so freedom really exists when we choose to take the actions that are going to give us that. Okay. I love that. So it's not just woo woo expecting the universe. Like my ex-husband used to say, it's like, who's going to pay the mortgage? It's not like that. We're just expecting the universe to pay it, but it's also taking the action, the applicable action that we need to as well for that yeah. freedom. Because the action is, is the way that we receive it. It's us saying yes. It's saying yes to the opportunity. Someone could offer you a job and be like, no, we don't want that. We're not ready for it. Don't think of it deserving or whatever it is, instead of just saying yes you know, and and doing all of those things. So yes, you raised something so amazing there. I I read in one of these books lately is um, this idea of when the universe presents something to you, every opportunity, it's up to us to, you know, go for it when we are presented this, this, these opportunities that would enhance our lives instead of sitting back. Yeah. Um, Because then if we don't, then it's our bad. Yeah. And I, I feel like it's something that like doesn't get spoken about much too, is like, we could get what we want and it doesn't always feel good. You know, we could imagine this life and then be in it and it feel like a little bit of an imposter. And it's like, we have to allow ourselves to grow in it. Like grace is something beautiful. And it doesn't mean it's wrong if it doesn't feel good. You know, everything, I mean, I know I'm a big component of joy and attracting and everything else, but everything doesn't always feel good. And if it doesn't, it's not always bad, especially when you're in a growth spurt, right? So let me just, when you're moving towards something that is out of your comfort zone, if it's uncomfortable, that is the correct feeling. I feel like it has that secret elixir of like, oh shit, I'm so scared to, <laughs> it's so exciting. And if it has that blend, that's the right blend. Don't think that that's wrong because fear is present. There's no such thing as being fearless. As okay. I am so excited you brought this up because this whole idea of follow your intuition, your gut feeling, but sometimes you're right when we're growing, when we're trying new things, when I first started dating again after, you know, three years out of not being with my addicted loved one, um, you know, it's like, it's, it's almost like you're right. It's like that transition, like, like those feelings are actually, you don't let it stop you, right? Necessarily. So how do we decipher between this intuition kind of gut feeling that's like not good versus fear that might be like just holding us back a little as we go through growing pains and and little adjustments? I feel like you can distinguish between the two. And it's like, I always say like develop a relationship with your fear. So much of the time we've been taught to like push it down, don't acknowledge it. But like, what if you just listen to it? Okay, fear, like what, what am I so afraid of? Okay, what if I leave and I I fail and I fall on my face? What if I can't handle it? What if I can't, right? And it usually it's you know it's like okay, and thank you fear, but I think we could do this, and it's just like really starting to listen to it. If you can't even get to the place that you don't even know what's fear or not, who gives a shit? Is my next thing <laughs> like what if moving forward, whatever the next step is, works in your favor? This is where we see failure as a bad thing. Failure means like if you take the next step and it's wrong, right? Because failure is wrong. <laughs> that's what's been created. Who who said that's wrong? Because you didn't get the outcome what you wanted, but you took the bravery and the courage to take that next step, which might lead you to the next step, right? The next step might not be the right next step. It might be two steps after the other one. So yes. So it might look like a failure. It might look like you didn't do it right or whatever it is. But when you have in your mind what you want to create, everything is an opportunity for you. We start celebrating the failures as I was strong enough to just say yes to it. That's the right decision. Even if it wasn't the outcome that you want, it's like release the expectations, surrender, 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 trust and have faith. My mantra is surrender, trust, faith, surrender, trust, faith. Yay. Always working those three, because it's like, if something's not working in my life, it's usually like, what am I trying to control? What am I not surrendering to? What am I not trusting? Am I not trusting in the universe? I'm not trusting in the plan. And then it's like, okay, to move me forward, I need faith. I need faith that whatever I do, it is all working in my favor, regardless of the outcome. Yes. And then I love this idea too, that, you know what, failure is a part of the process. And like, for me, I had to stumble forward. I dated a few people before I met my 
amazing boyfriend that I'm with now, but it's, um, yeah, like, and I kept saying, boy, I have, I have a terrible time with choosing men, (laughs) but I love that you brought that up because yeah, like, it's just like the next step and, and tap into that bravery of like, you know, that it takes after loving someone with an addiction, you know, and then to move into the dating world. It's like, yeah, I love that approach. Oh my God, Tonya, you are incredible. Yeah. And I was just saying, celebrate the failures, people celebrate the failures because there's no way for you to get to what you want without having failures. Any business owner will tell you that. Anyone. So yeah. So true. So let's tie it all back to this idea of the energy of money. And um, and if you had one final message for the listener, what would it be? Money does not hold the power. You do. Money is a tool. You are the tool that uses the money. So you are more powerful than you know just believe in that. Amazing. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was amazing. So people are going to want to get a hold of you. I know that. So tell us just what you're doing in the world right now and how people can get a hold of you. I will put all the links in your show notes and I'm so grateful for you being here and they're going to want to purchase your book too, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I have my book, you know, permission to be rich, five steps to become more powerful than money. All of this lives on my website. And I just want to say in my book, I give away all of my worksheets that I'd use with my clients. They're like free resources. So if you get the book, you get everything along with it that because like, I just want everyone to be free and doing that. But then also come September 28th, I am going to be launching a group program that really focuses about being on the wooey side, like really focusing on your relationship with money, the energetic part of it. And I'll be launching that. So these are just like, two of the things that are available right now, but I'm always available to work with people if they're interested. And all of this lives on my website at tonyag.com, which I know that you are going to post and everything, but yeah, I am here for anyone who wants help and wants to just, yeah, move forward powerfully with money. Yay. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Tonya, for being here. I'm giving you a big hug through the line and I know everyone's going to get so much much from your knowledge. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you want additional support, you can head on over to our website at savingyouiskillingme.com, where we have a wonderful, supportive, compassionate community. We are here for you. You are not alone. We also have a private Facebook group and Instagram feed called Saving You Is Killing Me, Loving Someone With An Addiction. Be sure to subscribe here so you get the latest episodes. And of course, share this with your community and your support groups or anyone that's going through this struggle so we can all work together to take our lives back and restore joy. Thank you so much for joining me, not only today, but week after week. Although I wish we were meeting under different circumstances, I'm so grateful that I get to show up for you and share these episodes so that we can go on this journey together. Until next week, sending hugs.